What's going on since the Sandbox fans? We're back. Lou's back from his sabbatical. He was up in Maine taking care of business, but he's back. All three of us. We're here to talk NBA, and we're here to talk the 10 best players currently in the Orlando bubble. We have the top 10. We're going to go 10 through 1. I'm going to start us off, guys. At number 10, I have a guy that it's kind of, you know, in the mix. I feel like some people would maybe not have them on their list. Some people might have them higher than I have them. But I have Jokic at 10. Since the bubble, he's averaging 25 points, 9.5 rebounds, and 8 assists. And honestly, for a big men, those kind of numbers are pretty good, especially the 8 assists, which is very impressive. Denver's, you know, one of those teams that can get hot real quick and make a serious playoff run if they start gelling and get hot. But Jokic at 10. I mean, argue it all you want. It's set in stone. And if you got a problem, then pull up. All right, at 10, Cal, I really like that pick. He, he didn't make my list. He's an honorable mention. If any pure center was going to make it, it would have been him because he is just a freak of, uh, freak of the ball. But number 10, I got Pascal Siakam. Uh, he's the only reason outside of Nick Nurse why the Raptors are even that good of a team, period. And the fact that Nick Nurse is going to get absolutely jammed out of Coach of the Year bothers me extremely. But Siakam's gotten even better, could win most approved player again, like he won last year. But man, he is so good defensively, offensively. He can even pass the ball. He's getting better as a shooter. And again, uh, I didn't think anybody outside of myself thought that Toronto would be a top three seed without Kawhi, but it's spicy pay, baby. Lou, I, I like the ranking there at 10, and I have to agree with you because I got Spicy P, him there at, at 10 for myself. And I feel like you hit the nail on the head, everything you said. You know, he continues to improve. He continues to add versatility to his game offensively, defensively. And I feel like he really is one of those silent stars that, that's really kind of embracing his role with Toronto and not having Kawhi there. And I didn't think that that was going to be the case. You know, we definitely saw that he was an improved player last year, but just kind of seeing that continued stability of Siakam, and I feel like he really wants to make the Raptors his team along with, you know, Kyle Lowry. And I feel like a lot of big men around the NBA are going to try and kind of fit the, the Siakam style of play to make their role last a little longer. But Kev, why don't you hop in with nine? So the guy I have at nine, I feel like a lot of people, you know, sometimes forget about him because of the up and down season they're having. But this is a guy who I think has been top 10 for the past few seasons. I think he will be for the next seasons to come. And like we talked about in our game recap episode, they came back from, you know, a 20 something point deficit against the Celtics. And that's the Blazers. And my guy is Damian Lillard. He's one of those guys that is just, he just goes out and plays. I mean, he just does his thing night and night out. He's one of those guys that it's kind of like no games off. You know what I mean? And again, like we said, when we were making these lists, I mean, I've been taking the, the Orlando bubble games heavily into consideration as, as well as the regular season. But I, those did have quite some uh, perspective on this list. So that's why I put Damian Lillard there. I mean, since the bubble, he's been unreal, averaging almost 30 points and almost 13 assists. I mean, what else can you ask for a point guard? And I think the Blazers have been looking good. Like we said, they lost a close one to the Celtics. But other than that, I mean, if they start clicking towards the end and the Kings drop a couple games, they could snatch that eight seed and make a possible, you know, round or two run in the playoffs. I could see it happening. Yeah, Kev, I, I can see why you put Dame uh, down there. I, I do have him a little bit uh, farther up my list, not to spoil. Spoiler alert. But at nine, I have JT, Jason Tatum. Uh, I wish I could put him higher on this list, but I can't. 
Um, just because how bad he started off. Uh, he did get it together these last couple games, but he's going to get better defensively, more consistent offensively, and I just don't think he does as much as some of the other guys on this list. I mean, we're getting in the top 10 here. This is, this is elites of the elite. So the fact that he doesn't do as much as the rest of these guys, in my opinion, isn't a knock on him. It's just how great the rest of these guys are. No, that's fair enough. And I, I really wanted to have Tatum on my list, but I don't. Like you just said, Lou, there's so many guys, and you can switch a, a lot of people, argue a lot of people. Um, but I also have Dame on my list, Kev, so r- right in the same spot as you are. And it was tough because I have Siakam as my only big guy on here. I really wanted to squeeze and bead, so I was fighting to have Dame on here. But, you know, he, he's really making that push. And, Lou, you had him as one of your NBA players with the most approved. If the Trailblazers don't get that spot and Dame still performing the way he is, do you still think he kind of, you know, proved himself as an individual? I know, like you said, uh, you really want that team to get that spot, but just really wanted to hear your take on that. In a sense, yes and no. I mean, results are all that matter. So as someone who considers winning, if he can't with CJ McCollum, Nurkic back, get an eight seed spot in in a bubble that made them uh, or gave them more time to get their team healthy and ready. Uh, I, I know I would I would say he failed. I would I would not say he proved himself to me at least. Again, it's kind of the same story with them: make the playoffs, get knocked out, or barely miss it, be mediocre. So no, no, Steve, he needs to make it for me, especially now that Jokic, uh, Nurkic, I'm sorry, just dropped 30 and 16 on the Celtics. I definitely hear you there, and I do think that that you know Dame was was being very bold, so so that's why his play definitely had to back it up. But Kev, you can hop in with your next one. So the guy I have at eight, I know I'm going to take a lot of backlash for for having him this low, but again, I have been taking these bubble games into consideration and just the season as a whole. And at number eight, I have Kawhi Leonard. I think... Oh, like, st- wait, no. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. I'm not, yeah, not going to partake in this. I'm not going to partake in this. Why, where do you have this. him? Where do you have him? Two. Oh, get out of here, too. Dude, he get just dropped, he literally just dropped 28, what was it on the Lakers? 28, 4, and 3. Get how out terrible. Of here. How, how dare Get out he? of here. He's number eight, and you can hate on it all you want because it ain't changing. Wow, dude, dude, I, I, just, I need a Xanax, please. And that's all I got to say about that, Luke. Kawhi Leonard, number eight. Oh, I can't wait till they win the championship. Who says it? Joe Rogan, put that in your pipe and smoke it. I don't know who says that, but someone says it. Well, I'll hop in with my number eight, and, and I, I definitely don't have Kawhi there. Kawhi is definitely higher on my list. But you guys might think I'm crazy for, for even having this guy in my top ten, uh, like I said, with, with the amount of talented players. Um, but I have CP3 here, and I just feel like he's such an important player for his team, seeing them hit a dagger the other night. Uh, just continuing CP3 things, you know, just making sure the ball's facilitated around, making sure the guys around him really playing role in already surprising teams by being where they are. Yeah, Steve. I Again, man, I, I don't have him on my list, but he is so close. I mean, he's so slept on. Uh, that team shouldn't even be near as good, but man, he is still kicking. Creates such great offense. Still a good defender and a great leader as a whole. Everyone could say he's not a winner, but that dude elevates everyone around him, Steve. And I, I do not have any issue with him at eight or in the top ten. He just didn't make mine, but at eight, I have the Slovenian killer and Luka Doncic, man. I'm pretty sure he just had a game tonight that was 30, 20, and 10. He is younger than all three of us in this little Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Think about that. How is this possible? 
And if the Mavericks could finish out a game, God damn it, he might be in the five, but he's not. A uh, kid can shoot, he can pass, he can rebound. Uh, he's a good leader. He has a good basketball IQ. He is in shape now. If he could step up the defense ever so slightly, and if Paul Zingas could actually, you know, be consistent for once, I really think the Mavs are a threat, but I have Luka at eight. Lou, what do you have for Luka's sailing? Do you think that, that at one point in time he could be the best player in the NBA? Absolutely not. He, he literally has. Again, he, he could, he, you could be argued, if, if you're looking at the all-around game of basketball, he can shoot, he can pass, he can score at the rim, he can handle the ball because he is a point guard at 6'7", and he's an okay defender. He's, he's a better defender than James Harden is, I'll tell you that. Maybe not in the last game because Kev was right. Harden did step it up, but Steve definitely top three. He could be the best player in the league, definitely. I, I think his ceiling is, is higher than Tatum's. I'll tell you that. No, fair enough, and I'm not disagreeing with that statement, but Kev, Kev, what do you you have to say on that really quick? So Luca did make my list. I'm not going to spoil where, but he definitely did make my list, but I agree with Lou. I think think he's right. I mean, like Lou said, the Mavericks don't know how to finish a game, but besides that, I mean, if Luca keeps doing what he's doing, there's no doubt that he can be the best player in the league. I mean, I feel like he's one of those guys that just misses that conversation you know, outside of the guys like the LeBrons, the Jonases, the ADs, the Kawhis. I, I feel like he's right below that in the conversation. But like I said, I feel like if he keeps doing what he's doing, like Lou said, I mean, there's really nothing in the game of basketball that he can't do. I mean, he can handle, like Lou said, shoot, defend, rebound. I mean, he's crafty. You know what I mean? He's not one of those guys that really relies on his athleticism. He, he He's a shock creator. He's a facilitator. He's everything. I mean, yeah, his, his ceiling is, is very, very high. I think he could definitely win an MVP in, in the next few seasons if the Mavericks were to make a serious, you know, bang in, in the West. But I'll jump in with my number seven. And I know Lou's going to kill me for having this guy above Kawhi Leonard. But again, who cares what Lou thinks? And uh, again, this is taking, you know, Orlando bubble into consideration and everything. And I have Joel Embiid in there. And, and the reason is this, the 76ers are one of those teams. I mean, I think we all might've had them on one of the teams uh, to prove themselves episode a while back, but him and Ben Simmons are, are one of those duos that th- this is one of the years they need to step up. You know what I mean? I think I said it in one of the past episodes that, if they don't make a conference finals, I mean, you got to think it's a disappointing year in Philadelphia. I mean, considering the roster they have and the way that, you know, the NBA is set up now, I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't be there. And I know we talk about teams like the Celtics and the Heat, but realistically, I mean, when you talk about the East, you think about Milwaukee and you think about the 76ers. Those are the two biggest threats. So I think for them not to make, you know, a serious playoff bang and make a conference finals would definitely be a failure. And I think that Bede and Simmons are kind of starting to feel that wrath. You know what I mean? I think Embiid's doing a good job of answering that and kind of, you know, taking the driver's seat. It was one of those duos that it's kind of back and forth on whose team it is. But I think Embiid's doing a good job of kind of taking that 1A to Ben Simmons 1B role. So, you know, I think since they've been back, he's averaging 35 points, 15 rebounds, and, and five assists. I mean, again, like Jokic's number, for a, a center to be averaging numbers like that is kind of crazy. So there's no way I couldn't, you know, not have him on my list. Yeah, I don't mind him on the list, but, I, God, that was so bad of a take that he's bad, better than Kawhi and Leonard. Let me, let me just get this straight. Kawhi's about a shooter, ball handler, a passer, a defender, and a leader. So, so Joel Embiid's just a better rebounder. Hey, Lou, He's better I'm not at eating. Talk, 
Hey, I'm not here to talk X's and O's, pal, all right? <laughs> all right, so I want to move on from that. At seven, I have Dame, uh, and I do have a point guard above him, which I'm actually shocked I have this guard above him after that. But Dame is, I mean, all-around great leader, great shooter, great passer, and, and he stepped up the defense, dude, and he really wants to work for her. When, when he has the ball in his hands, man, the Blazers are never out of it, absolutely never. And his mentality is just very, very good. And for some reason, I trust him a lot more than – in most point guards, especially the one I have on this list. But Dame Lillard at seven. Wow. Oh, Kev, I, I'm so done with you, dude. Oh, my God. Lewis is done with me. At, <laughs> at seven, I'm going to come in, and, and I have Luca here. I definitely think that, that Luca, you know, he, he's a baller. He definitely has um, – I definitely think he has a higher sailing than uh, Tatum. I feel like that's a fair statement. Um, and me and Kev had the, the whole Tatum debate the other day because he doesn't think he's going to one day be a top five player. I disagree, but it's okay to agree to disagree. But I think we would both agree that, that Luca will definitely be there. And it would, would be nice to see, you know, Porzingis to stay healthy and then have a really nice core down in Dallas to hopefully see uh, a, another championship team. To jump in with my number six guy we talked about in the game recap episode and a duo that's, or a part of a duo that's, you know, arguably the hottest duo, you know, since the return in the Orlando bubble, and, and that's Russell Westbrook. I mean, him and James Harden both averaging over 30 points, both averaging, you know, eight assists, and both averaging around seven, eight rebounds each. So I think they're one of the hottest duos right now. Obviously, that's still James Harden's team, and he is still the leader. But I think Westbrook is really taking that two role and just living up to the expectations that they had for him. I mean, like I said, in the recap episode, my brothers and my dad, you know, a lot of people didn't think that it would work in Houston. I think they're proving people wrong. And I think Westbrook has kind of put his ego aside a little bit and realized that, listen, if we're going to do this, you know, I'm going to have to kind of take a back seat and sacrifice some of my shots. And I think he's doing a good job of doing that. We all know what Westbrook's capable of on both ends of the floor. So I think the way they're playing now, I mean, both of them had to make the top 10 definitely. Yeah, I hate to absolutely agree with Kevin. It's all his nonsensical, non-wisdom over there, but I have Russ at six as well. And the only thing I'll disagree on with Kevin is I do think it's not a one and two anymore. It's a 1A, 1B. That's how cohesive and fluent that they look, where Russ is the big power punch and Harden is the finesse. Guys, I have Westbrook at six too, so we're taught with- Oh my God, we totally didn't plan that. <laughs> And I definitely agree, but but I also think that with Westbrook being in this role, uh, it's less likely for us to see, you know, triple-double Westbrook. But if he ever had, you know, the team on his own, just like that, being able to ball like he did with the Thunder, I definitely think he could take that role back. But like we said, with Harden, you know, having to have a different role, different team, um, different needs, I think they're both playing it perfectly right now with the right intensity and they're finding ways to, to continuously benefit each other. I don't want to hint at the next one or anything like that, but I'm going to beat you guys to it, and I have Harden at five. We all have him at five. Ooh. I have him at five, Harden. No, I don't have him at five. No, uh, what? I have him at four. Who, who do you, don't tell me he, he's over AD. No, he's at four. So who's your five, Kev? Yeah, yeah, please hit me. Hit us with this. Go to your five. Luka Doncic. Wow. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I won't disagree yeah, with that. Yeah, you wanted to hate on me so quick, Lloyd. No, no, no. I, I thought you were going to come up with something crazy. I thought nah. Jamal Murray was going to be there. No, nah, I hate Jamal Murray. 
No, I got Luka Doncic five, definitely. Wow. Right. So now we know Kemp's five and four. I'm going to go to my, and we know my five. I'm going to go to uh, my four, and that's Anthony Davis. Unbelievable player on both ends of the floor. Could be defensive player of the year if it wasn't for Giannis and Grudy Gobert being so good. But AD has been great, and the Lakers will go as far as he takes them as LeBron lets him. You know what I mean? It's all going to be on him. Same way every time LeBron gets a championship team, it's always on that second guy. And AD, I don't think, will disappoint. No, fair enough. And I, I also have AD at, at four. But just to go to go back to Harden a little bit, I, I do think that I feel like we should see more three-point success um, with Harden than we do when he's taking, you know, 11 three points a, a game. So I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that. I know that's their type of offense in Houston, but but I just feel like you know the old the old Harden would definitely shoot more closer, a higher percentage three point ball. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, Kev, you want to give us your uh, three, two, one in order? Yeah. So at, I mean three and two. I mean a, a lot of people are probably going to guess it's it's the duo in L.A. and it ain't Kawhi and Paul George. At three, I got LeBron, and at two, I got Anthony Davis, and then at one. I feel like we're all going to have this person that won the Greek freak, Giannis. We're all definitely not going to have that guy at three. I mean, at one. <laughs> yeah, I have him at three. Wow. I have him at three. Um, okay. Behind Kawhi. I, I don't know if it is, though. He can't shoot yet. But, I, again, I think one through three is interchangeable. I think when you get to the best of the best, the tip of the iceberg, you could flip a coin, and that's it. I, I have him. At three, I have Kawhi at two, and I have LeBron at one, because until I, until a, another player can consistently do what LeBron does on any given night and be as good as he is in controlling and demanding of the game, I can't put anybody above him. And he's a better shooter than Giannis right now, and a passer. So, but Giannis, yeah, he's a freak, and he's gonna win the MVP. So, hats off to Kevin, his guy. I don't like that number one at all, though. <laughs> three- I don't care what you think. The three two uh, is deaf interchangeable. At three, Lou, you might not like this decision. I got I got Kawhi at three and then Giannis at two, LeBron at one. Uh that's fine. No, I, I know I know it's only like one one position, so so it, it really isn't too too big of a deal. I just think, you know, LeBron and Giannis were the clear guys in, in contention for for MVP. Not that Kawhi wouldn't have been deserving. Um, I think just a, a, a lot missing a lot of the games early on in the season ha- has a lot to do with him not being, you know, talked about in that same conversation and so on. But just really quickly, while while uh, we're still talking some ball here, what do we think as far as as AD in staying with the Lakers? You know, I feel like him and LeBron are really kind of at their best right now. We're seeing them either be great together or individually on different types of nights. Do we think that LeBron and AD are, are a duo that's going to be together in LA for a couple of years? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. AD's not going nowhere, and LeBron's not going nowhere either until he leaves uh, and signs a one-day contract with the Cavs to retire the jersey. That's a duo for life. They're happy with each other. They're great on both ends. AD picks up the defensive slack. They work great in the pick and roll. It's in LeBron doesn't have an ego. And AD doesn't have an ego. It's it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, I got to agree with Lou on that one. I think definitely, I mean, as far as, like Lou said, until he goes back to the one-day contract with Cleveland, I think as far as LeBron's, you know, time in L.A., Anthony Davis will definitely be there. And I think realistically, I mean, 
just knowing the Lakers organization, I think AD is going to be there probably for, if not the rest of his career, most of the rest of his career, if that makes sense. Because I think, you know, even when LeBron's gone, AD's still a guy to build around, and they're, they're going to go out and get other pieces. You know what I mean? That's They're just one of the best organizations, you know, in the league. So, you know, I could definitely see Anthony Davis staying there long term, maybe like, you know, late in his career going to a team kind of like Jordan and those guys did. But, I mean, I think LA, I think uh, AD's in L.A. to stay for a very long time. Well, guys, those are our 10 best plays in the NBA bubble. Uh, that list would definitely be different if we're talking a lot of guys that, that are down there right now or not fighting injury, uh, talking guys like KD and so on. Um, but we'll get into that as next season comes around and hopefully more names are involved. Um, but before we finish this, we just want to shout out a couple more of our favorite, favorite, favorite people uh, for leaving us donations. The two lovely Tizzy and Rhonda Arinello donating. Um, my mother, Michelle Toro, donating. And my uncle, Michael Scapa, donating. Thank you guys so much. We love you. We appreciate you. Make sure to keep tuning in to Since the Sandbox. Go and check out your way to get a crew neck, a limited edition Since the Sandbox crew neck. Leave us that five-star review with your name in the review. We out.